right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bowman Legacies podcast, where we are brought to you by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue collar people, one CEO at a time at Bowman Legacies. We love to look at your culture as a third party, being able to look from the outside, looking in, help you diagnose commonalities and current trends and help you hold your hand going through those next levels, next steps. Um, a lot of consultants love to blow in, blow up, and blow out, and that is not what we're about. What we love to do is come in and help you along the way. We're also brought to you by author Chris Waller, who says his Western sci-fi book will put you on your ear. And uh, I will have to say that the book Selfish Acts of Righteous Men was very entertaining, and um, I'm very excited about the moment that it is gets its full launch. Ladies and gentlemen, today on the Bowman Legacies podcast, I get to talk to one of my favorite people out there right now who I met uh, several, almost two, gosh, several years ago now, but finally officially got to meet in Vegas at Con Ed Expo last year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Forrest from Eagle Eye Productions. Hey, thanks, Michael, for having me on. I appreciate it, man. It's uh, an honor to be on your podcast and chat with you and um, can't wait. Brother, I am sorry about, we've tried, guys, uh, what you don't know is that we've tried this before. My computer is completely freaking out right now. And so hopefully that we'll be able to get through this without any flaws. And for Tim, uh, for the, you uh, editing right now, I want you to know that I love you very much. And I appreciate the fact that you do this for us. So I apologize. Um, for us, we're just going to jump in there, man. Uh, we officially met at uh, Con Ed Expo last year, but we've been talking for a while now. And talking yeah. about changing the industry for the better, talking about ushering in a new culture, talking about how, you know, uh, our industries are 50, 60 years behind the eight ball when it comes to culture and taking care of their people. And your organization sure. that you're building is truly trying to do that. You know, there are others that do what you do, and they're also trying to do the same thing about changing the culture. And I love it. But before we dive into yeah. Eagle Eye, let's talk about your background and, and how you came to be in the construct, civil construction industry. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I first started my, I guess you could say, construction career um, when I was a freshman in high school. I was about 13 um, and got a little uh, internship at a drafting firm um, there in town in Florida. Um, and then from there, went to college and ended up uh, working for some home builders, um, became a framer, a carpenter by trade, um, and then um, had a few crews that we were working with out there. Um, eventually, I ended up making the move out to Dallas. I had a, a buddy out here and was looking for something a little bit better and um, called him up one day and was like, hey, do you have any work out in Dallas? And uh, their response was, well, Forrest, if you get out here, um, you'll have the job. And so moved out here and uh, it was an awesome decision. I think uh, that really kind of kicked off my um, general contracting experience as well as uh, like my management experience. So that was a big, a big plus when I moved out here. So, um, and then just recently last year, I quit my job with one of the local general contractors and uh, started this. So been a blast, been a ride, but um, it's only getting better. So I'm, I'm happy. Uh, that's good. So, you know, a lot of people, they get into construction or they get into mining and they're there for 30, 30 years, you know, their whole life, because it's just, it fits, it makes sense. And a lot of people, 
they'll take one job and as a general laborer and they're like, I can never do this again. And yeah. it's just not for them. What keeps you coming back to the construction industry? What, what's that thing that makes you love it and highlight it like you do? Oh man, it's gotta be the people. I mean, I, I love, I love the construction industry and I've always, I don't know, it's been in my blood. Um, and I just love building with my hands in general. Uh, but really it's the, the people I've met along the way since day one. And it's just kind of my, my kind of people. Um, and some, some of those people are pretty rough and, um, tattered up from the industry, of course, as the industry will beat you up a lot. And, um, but I think there's a, uh, a genuine feel and kind of a, or like, I don't know, a good heart, uh, with a lot of the people in the industry. So, and, and most people out in the world, they really don't get to see that, that portion of it. So that's, that's what really excites me. I think it's something that's been in the dark, you know, um, uh, one of the colleagues, you know, that we, we both have and somebody in the industry, Aaron Witt and I have talked about this before and yeah. I, I love Aaron's approach, you know, his ideas like, look, there are phenomenal people here and there are phenomenal people making phenomenal money and maybe they didn't go to college, but by God, this is a great industry for yeah. a lot of great people. And I think it's just been in the dark for a long time. It has, it has. Yeah, I think there's been uh, kind of a mentality over the generations to kind of like not show your kids um, the career path in the construction industry. It's almost like, oh, and like I worked with an architect on a job and first thing was I'll never have my daughter um, come into the construction industry. She hated it. And I was like, well, y you have a good living, but she didn't think that it was good enough for her daughter. So I think it's kind of funny when people go out there and say that, um, but they don't really know what the opportunities are. Um, that are out there in the industry. So, I agree. I think you have a lot of people that are, I mean, you, you, you go to these, um, these high school recruiting uh, meetings and a lot of the times the, the local mind site is, is not there. You know, yeah. they're not there for the, the meetings or the local, you know, uh, union site or the local, uh, you know, construction builder. And a lot of young people just don't see it as a viable option to make a living. And I know people that have, are retiring very well because they've been responsible over their, you know, their finances and their 401k and they've been hardworking and they've been motivated to move forward. So for you, I mean, that's just kind of the way you are. As I've got to know you, you're the kind of guy who doesn't like to sit still for very long and you're all about taking these leaps. How did you, how did you make that leap from being a, uh, you know, someone who's an upper level management, uh, managing several crews on a very large scale. Um, you know, this wasn't just, you know, uh, for, for our listeners, this isn't just, you know, not that there's anything wrong with just a house here or there, but this is multiple crews, multiple crews. This is looking at blueprints. This is handling big jobs. How do you go from there? Which by the way, is a very quick and successful track. Yeah. I kind of got thrown into it a little faster than, um, I guess most people my age would have been thrown into it. Right. And especially without without a degree, uh, it was one of those positions that most of the companies were like, "Yeah, we don't even know how you got here without a degree." And I was like, "Well, because I pretty much had to come and beg for it." And yeah, you know, I had to—I don't know—I just had to beg for it. And they finally were like tired of me, and they said, "All right, let's give you a shot." And yeah, like, all right, I'm not going to fail at it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you yeah. get in there, you be aggressive, and and I love that. I love. I'm big on grassroots movements. I'm big on people that started from from nothing and came to something um i had a, a friend ray garcia who came into this country he said the first time illegally <laughs> the second time he came legally yeah. and he said when i was in he goes michael 
when I was in the whole truck, I watch a doser and I yeah. see everything the doser do. So I, yeah. first time I get in doser, I'm as good as anyone else. And so he just fought so hard and, and he's doing things on a, on a bigger scale in his life. So what was the decision factor? How did you do in that fearful moment? I know what that leap is like. That leap yeah. is so scary when you're like, I'm going to do this. How did you take that dream? First of all, how did you come upon the dream? And then how did you yeah. become brave enough to take the leap to start your own organization? Well, it, it was, uh, it was definitely kind of, um, like a, a spur of the moment decision. Uh, so I had, I had started the company first to kind of cover material documentation on one of my companies that I was working with here in Dallas. We did a lot of uh, photography just to kind of cover our butt as well as the subcontractors, but, right. um, on different materials. So, uh, waterproofing applications, steel inspections, uh, rebar inspections, um, concrete pours, all that kind of stuff. We would kind of document the process and then we would link it to the plans. Um, and so I kind of started doing that on the side for other companies, um, when I had some free time and, um, those companies were pretty much like, well, can you take some shots of our people out there too? And I was like, well, yeah. And, uh, then it kind of evolved into what it is now, which is kind of showing off the, you know, the culture of a company and, uh, help them build that. But I was sitting in my office, it was me and my superintendent, we were sitting at a, uh, owner's meeting and <clears throat> maybe two months back, you know, him and I were really good. We were really close and he was a good mentor of mine. And he goes forced, you know, talking to me about the company I was at right there. And he was like, look, I understand. He's like, you're not liking it here. And he goes, you're only going to be able to stomach it until you can't stomach it any longer. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And, uh, you know, two months had gone by and I was sitting there in that owner's meeting and I was like, you know what? I'll stomach it enough. And, uh, I sent him a text and I was like, all right, today is all I said. And he kind of gave me this little smirk and he knew exactly what that meant and uh, sent that email, that two weeks letter. And they were like, no, you, you can leave today. I was like, all right. And I was out. And so I had, I had a couple of contracts kind of in the works. And so basically um, kind of let them know that I couldn't put a hundred percent effort into my uh, new job as well as theirs. So I was going to take the leap and go out on my own. And uh, I don't think they liked that very much. So, yeah, no, yeah. Is that they were able to sell out your, your, your services. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. but it was, it was a good decision, man. I've, I've had a lot of, a lot of fun. So I think it's all about too doing what's right by you. You know, it's, yeah. it's nothing against anyone else. You know, um, there's been times where I left a, an employer and then he came back at me pretty hard wanting me to come back. And, and, um, I said, man, I got to do what's right for me. And he said, I'm telling yeah. you, the guy you're with right now is going to stab you in the back. I'm like, you know what? I know that. But yeah. even so, I've got to do what's right for me and continue on because this is a leap in the right direction. And I think it's also cool, too, when you travel out to all these sites, the things that you knew were truths for you as far as loving the people just gets confirmed even more the more that you get out. Do you find that as yeah. well? For sure. Yeah. I think, uh, one of my first things I do on a job site is obviously just walk around and talk to the guys, obviously let them know I'm there, but, um, you know, it's funny cause they always kind of, a lot of times you can get them to talk and, mm. and it's just fun to sit there and get to, get to know people, get to, uh, learn where people are from. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've got, I've got a guy that I know pretty well now, um, with my New York client, uh, and he's from Portuguese originally 
or he is Portuguese. He's from, yeah. um, so he, he came over here and, and, uh, he told me his whole background, his whole story. And that's kind of that I, I do find that I love that more and more <laughs> every time I get to know a new person. So. Yeah. It's inspiring because it, it yeah. helps you for your, your own life. And I, I don't know about you, but it helps me to realize, man, I, I can do this. You know, I can move forward and maybe the, the yeah. things that I think is so scary really aren't that scary as I've, as I've portrayed them to be in my own mind. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's powerful and it's inspiring too, because, you know, when I was a kid, just like what you had said earlier, uh, about the lady talking to her kid, my father said, Hey, you know, I, I, I don't ever want to see you behind equipment. I don't want you running equipment. I don't want you doing this. And, yeah. and, um, my dad had seen a lot of really hard things in the industry. He saw a lot of really exactly. bad things happen to good people. And, and, and he wanted me to do more for myself, you know, so it put a bad taste in my mouth for anything. And the idea, I remember sitting there first time drilling, I'm going, mm-hmm. how did I get, how did I get here? You know, yeah, I was advised my whole life not to come here. And yeah, I was told to stay away from limestone and here I am yeah. back in limestone. And so, but what was cool is I realized that the industry really is not the industry of our fathers, whether it's mining or it's construction. And a lot of people miss that. How is it that you, when you go to a site, I know you're wanting to highlight that for your, your client. But yeah. you're trying to do more than that. You're trying to to inform everybody. How is it yeah. that you're going to approach that when you come to a site? When you say, hey, look, I want to highlight that this isn't your grandfather's construction industry anymore. Yeah. Well, I think um, really you've got to focus on the, the people um, because like, like you're saying, your your dad's experience kind of put a bitter taste in his mouth, which led to the bitter taste you had about it. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what it is, is the experience the, that people have. And so when we bring <clears throat> bad employees into a good company, it can also hurt that good company by the bad culture that that person's bringing and also vice versa. Right. So if you have a bad company and you bring a good person into that company, then it can ruin that good person or that good person's um, effect on the industry. And so the goal is to bring the good people to the good companies and build that culture um, that way instead of have that cancer forming. Um, that bad taste in everybody's mouth. And so when you focus on good people and you focus on good companies, I think uh, it shows the people out there that don't know or the people that have been told what you and I have been told, don't go into that industry. Um, it really shows them that it's not, it's not necessarily as bad as it, it's meant or it's been shown to them. And uh, it, there are good parts to the industry. So that's kind of what I try to focus on is bringing the good parts of the industry to just people randomly out in the, the public. Right. I tell you, you know, there was times where, you know, you're working a lot of hours, but that, that happens in any industry. I mean, I don't care if you're behind a desk. I don't care if you're on a piece of equipment or whatever it is you, to be successful. You've got to put in the hours, no matter what you've got to make the sacrifices. And, you know, I think it's in those times, especially for me in mining and, and I've been in construction before when I was younger, but in mining, you're, you you find the most camaraderie with people as you're working cohesively together. Now, as a driller, I was yeah. by myself a lot, but those times where I was able to work cohesively on the shot with somebody else or with the superintendent, man, it's a blast. And you're accomplishing yeah. huge things. You're literally building America. And yeah. I'll never forget yeah. my father. He he wanted to be a carpenter. He was a good framer. And, and my grandfather was a carpenter. And I can't, 
I can't even tell you how many times like I would roll my eyes because dad would be like, yeah, I built that. I, 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 yeah, your yeah, grandpa yeah. built that house. Do you know your grandpa built that house? I'm like, yeah, I know my yeah. grandpa built it. But now I'm driving down the road. I'm like, hey, kids, exactly. my grandpa built yeah. that house. Hey, kids. Oh, man, I was in that mindset. I used to work in yeah. that mindset. Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing because there's just such a level of pride knowing that you had your hand in accomplishing something so much bigger than yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, yeah. When you, when you build a project, especially with, uh, I mean, a short-term project or a long-term project, you put a lot of sweat and a lot of blood into that project and you, you put a lot of strength um, into that project. And I, I agree with you. I was flying back into Dallas uh, a couple of months back and we flew right over uh, one of the towns that I, did a job in and I look down from the air and I'm like, Hey, that's my job right there. I built that. And it's like, that's, that's really cool that I could see it from here. You know, we're flying low and I'm like, Hey, there it is. And I almost wanted to like nudge the person next to me and be like, see, see, that's, I did that, you know, but it's, it really is cool to, I mean, you, you put so much effort into that job and you, you do it with a lot of people, right? A lot of friends and you do it with um, a lot of people you care about. You tend to become family with those people. So yeah, that's a blast. I really, you know, a couple of years ago, I heard that there was a, you know, a recruiting shortage. And I think that's one of the things that your company uh, does very well is, is to, to highlight things and to recruit and to show people the industry. But it just cracks me up because even though it was kind of the same, like my generation are very uh, anti-government, very um, skeptical, very, uh, you know, jaded. And... Um, we don't like anything that's traditional, you know, we're, we're, we're big about getting rid of traditions, but this is a very traditional industries that have been around literally for millions of years. So, you know, mining has been around for forever, right? Mining materials. Yeah. Been kind of forever. I mean, look at the Egyptians, you know, they had actual legitimate limestone mines that are still there, you know? <laughs> and um, I think that to think for people that it's not a viable uh, way to make money, such a disservice to the industry. You know, yeah. all these tropes and all these things. And yes, sometimes you'll go to a job site and the leader there, maybe, you know, it's a little kind of Lord of the Flies-ish, you yeah. know, um, but what would you say to somebody who's looking to get in the industry and maybe is already here and found that their culture where they're at is probably not conducive for them to want to stay? I'd say don't stay. Um, it's, you know, you, you don't want to jump around at a lot of companies, but the huge issue um, is staying in a company that's going to be teaching you the wrong things. And so I know that, that if you can recognize that those are wrong and you can put that in your bank of, okay, don't do this, that's fine. But ultimately you want to find a company that's going to teach you value. Um, they're going to teach you how to construct in the, in the right way, not the easy way. Mm -hmm. Um, the easy way is never, uh, the right way for some reason. I wish it were, but it's just not. And, uh, it's, it's, really easy to go around and take shortcuts and build incorrect. Um, especially when your leaders are, are the ones telling you to do that. Um, safety is a huge issue with yeah. that. I think there's a lot of leaders out there that just want to do it easy and not pay attention to the safety, um, which breeds bad culture. So I think find a company where one, you see them doing the right things, um, and that their leaders are invested in doing the right things. Yeah. So, when you when you you talking to that guy and or that gal and they and they say hey you know what I know that the culture is not good here I know things aren't the way it needs to be how do they go about trying to find that place that does have uh, a culture that's conducive for their personal and their financial growth in a, in a positive way? 
Yeah, and, and I think um, I should also back up and say that don't quit something before you've tried to change it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got bad culture and you're lower on the totem pole, per se, it's still okay to go to the top and say, hey, I've noticed this is wrong. Um, is there anything that I can help to change it? And if at that point they give you the no, just deal with it, <laughs> yeah. then I would find a different place. But I, I'm always... <laughs> I'm always keen on like at least trying your best to change for the better in in the company. Cause maybe you're that, that tool that's going to help build that culture in that company. And maybe they just haven't found that yet. Um, And so, yeah. And so I think if, if you are looking to go to a different company um, really one of the things that I used to do before I would actually go to a new company before I'd be hired on is I would contact a few random employees of that company. without the like ownership knowing, which some owners really aren't happy about that. <laughs> but I really wanted to know what the culture is like, like, mm-hmm. tell me honestly, you know, like this is not, I'm not going to bring this back to them. Like, I just want to know how is it there? And, um, you know, you can see what they're, they're posting on social media, which is normally the highlight reel. Yeah. Um, is it, is it really like that? Are you happy there? Are you happy the way they've treated you? Um, and just see what they say. You know, I think, um, just having those conversations with people. I know I, I took a, a guy out to, to a beer one time just to have that straight up discussion. Like, Hey, how did they, how did they treat you? Are you having fun there? You know, how's the culture? Um, and he told me everything that I needed to know and I never took that job. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, I mean, I think that's part of your personal responsibility. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. subversive at all. I think in this world, everybody now has got to be so politically correct. And it's hard to say the hard things, the difficult things. And I've worked for business leaders and presidents that I just like got in their face and said, look, this is how it is. This is where you suck. This is where you need to improve. I mean, this is life. You know, we're either going to confront these things head on or we're not going to confront these things. Now with my clients, I'm a lot less brash and I try to bring them along. Right. (laughs) You know, I don't ever tell my clients, Hey, this sucks and you're terrible, but you know, I I had an owner, a president of a company said, look, I want you to get in my face. I need it. And so, you know, that's the way it was. It's your responsibility to look and to see and not just go blindly into a company, find out, call somebody, take someone out for a beer and find out. Yeah. It's it's your responsibility for your own happiness, right? Yes. So if, if you go into a company that's treating you terribly and that has terrible culture, um, either try to fix it or or it was your fault that you got in there in the first place. And that's not a bad thing. I've I found that when you go into those kind of companies, you you learn mm-hmm. that it builds still on your experience in the industry, yes. and it should build in a positive way, whether it's a bad company or a good company. And it's just all part of that process. Um, until you find that one place that you're like, okay, I could call this home. This is awesome. You know, this is a great place. I, I think that's so, so, so wise that you would say that because a lot of times we feel like that move is the end of the world, but guys, it's just yeah. not, it's, it's part of growing. It's part of seasoning, yeah. seasoning you, growing you as a leader, helping you to understand, Hey, what is conducive for growing people? What's that yeah. kind of culture that I need? And, and what do I need to bring with my own self as a leader? So often I've told people, I, there's a young man that I just love and adore and he's in high leadership. And I told him, I said, look, buddy, you are learning all the things not to be yeah. right now. I know you're frustrated. I know you want to leave, <laughs> yeah. but you're learning such valuable lessons on what not to be. Yeah. So for us, you decide you, you, you start Eagle Eye Productions and, and what is it like if I were to hire you today, 
what is it that you would tell me is like, look, this is what I'm bringing you. This is what Eagle yeah. Eye, this is what we're all about. This is the heart yeah. and soul of Eagle Eye Productions. Yeah. So um, our, our vision is obviously to build up the blue collar industries. And with that, we want to kind of create a community um, that's built on values that helps bring us my, my hashtag on Instagram is limitless boundaries. And so I, I want to bring those limitless boundaries to good companies. Um, and part of that is filling the need for uh, good companies to have good people mm-hmm. and to fill the need for those good people to find good companies. <clears throat> and so when you go into a company, that's what you're trying to do. Obviously you want to tell the story of the company, um, what they've done, who's the owner, uh, who are the people and, and what is the culture that's built um, over the last however many years it could be they, they might've started yesterday or they might've started 50 years ago, hundred years ago, whatever it is uh, they've built that culture over time. Um, and we, we won't work with <coughs> companies that we feel have like a really bad culture uh, represented. Obviously if, if they're looking to fix that, we'll definitely go in there and try to help them. Sure. But if they've got really bad um, ideals um, and it's kind of, snaky we, we tend to shy away from that but what we like to do is build um their their uh, image uh, of that culture to help fill that gap between the good people and the good companies and bring those two together yeah i think that the days of running super lean on feeding your people and growing your people are done i i mean yeah, yeah. one of the things that i will say that i love you know people i hate when people say oh millennials this millennials that or extras yeah. this and it's, it's all the people are the same. It's just, they all want the same thing. It, they yeah. approach it differently. And it's up to us, the older guys like me are a little more gray in the <laughs> longer in tooth and gray in the beard to, to like nurture and to help people yeah. come along the ride and not sit there and complain about how you communicate different than me. But my point yeah. is the days of just, you're a construction worker, you're a miner and you're a drunk. You like to party, yeah. you like yeah. to get out and chase the ladies and you like to do this. And that's the, that's the miner or that's the construction worker sitting on a steel beam and whistling at ladies as they go by. That's who we are, but that can't be who we are if we want to grow and flourish and change and be all inclusive. Mm -hmm. I find that our industries have marginalized people from all walks of life way too long and we're behind the eight ball. And I think that's the challenge. I think one of the things I see you doing, you just said about, Hey, this guy, and he's from a different country and highlighting his journey is just another one of those ways to say, Hey, we're all about everybody and trying to pull yeah. air. As long as you're willing to work hard. Yeah, exactly. As long as you're willing to show up for the job. I mean, you can be anybody and not show up for the job and still get fired. Yep. yep <laughs> and, yep. um, but it's still, it, and that goes, I mean, I don't care if you're sacking groceries or if you're, you know, a librarian or if you're a CEO, you still got to show up. Yeah. Right. Sure. That yeah. hasn't changed, but the mining industry and the, in the civil construction industry is so much more being, all inclusive and all in. And I love it. The days gone by are not investing in your people. It, yeah. it, you just don't have room for it anymore. And I think people like you, people like Aaron, people like Bowman Legacies, um, Missy Sherber, um, yeah. um, gosh, uh, Christina Mailer, uh, a lot of people that are out there. And there's so many more names and I'm missing. And I'm sorry, guys, but you know, that are striving so hard to say gone are the days. They are. They are. I think if you're making a positive impact, even to a few people, keep doing it. You know, I think no matter what you're doing, whether it's consulting or whether it's media or working in construction, <clears throat> that positive outlook 
um, it, it is going to change the industry and it's going to keep growing over time because it's catching on. It really is. I think, I did, yeah. Like, like you said, the days are over, right? I mean, I, yeah. there were plenty of times where I was in that mud ditch, you know, pumping water and yeah. I would go to do something or take a break or go to the bathroom or something like that. And they'd be like, you know, yelling at me, you know, it's like, look, those, those days are over. Really, you can't treat people like that anymore. Um, and nowadays, there's so much need for more construction workers. They'll just walk off the job, um, oh, yeah. and, and you don't you don't get anything by approaching it that way. Anyway, you know you get real good employees and real loyal people uh, by treating them right um, and treating them like their family. Yeah, so. that kind of harkens to you know, and you you had mentioned this before. Um, a company reached out to me. Um, at the beginning of us starting our organization, just slightly before they kind of got wind that something new was coming and they said, look, we really need to help with our culture. We had a complete walk off. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean by a complete walk off? Like like, entire- no employees. Oh no. So you don't have a company anymore is what you would have. Yeah. Well, I said, what you're essentially saying is you no longer have a company. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And uh, you could tell that he was not happy because I was cracking up. I mean, it just struck me so, yeah. and I laugh. I'm the guy you can laugh at if you yeah. know, I feel awkward. I'm just going to start giggling. And I was like, oh man, I was like, bro, oh, I'm so sorry. What can I do to help? And I realized it was like, there was nothing I could do to help because he didn't want to change. Well, so you got to start from scratch at that point. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not willing to change, I mean, yeah, there's no, there's no point, you know? I, I talked to two guys, one, um, a fellow, a guy I used to work with and uh, work for, a president of a company, and then one that I'm actually working with now. Same industry, yeah. same type of uh, function. So I can't really yeah. say, you know, what it is. Yeah, yeah. But the same, they provide the same function. Well, the former guy was like, I don't want to change. Yeah. I want things to get better, but I don't want to change. I don't see a reason to change. Yeah. Then this other guy who's absolutely killing it comes on and says, I want to change. And now he's killing it even further and growing and we're growing with him and, and, and watching him move forward and then seeing the old archaic way the other still. guy's doing. Yeah. He's, he's falling and his, his uh, competitors are eating away at him all over the place. He was a juggernaut at one time. Now he has competitors who are trying to drive cultural uh, issues forward and he's dying on the vine. And yeah. yet here's this other kid who's like young, eager and hungry and saying, look, I am not the end all to everything. I need to change and adapt and grow first so my organization can go. And it's been going so well. And, and most companies like you're talking about, those big companies, their main focus is the revenues, the money coming in, right? Their main focus isn't their people. If yeah. you put your focus in on your people, if you put your focus in on, on the team you're building and, and how to make that better first, the revenue will come. It might not come as fast as you would like, but what, what tends to happen is these companies tend to bring in the revenue first uh, by treating their people terrible or overworking them. And then what happens is they've got great sales, great revenue, and then all of a sudden it starts fading down. People start quitting. Turnover starts going higher. Yeah. You know, you've, you've now lost a lot of money because now you're training more people. You lost a lot of money because they're all leaving and talking crap about you. And, yeah. and now, you know, maybe you made a lot of money in your first five, 10 years, but now it's starting to fade and, and it's just going to continue to fade. Whereas yeah. that steady growth at the beginning, you know, maybe you start off making a little less by treating your people right. But over time, it's just going to grow and it's going to stay there, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's where the culture aspect comes in is because that's where you build that is by building that culture in, in you and, and other people. So. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the template far too long has been, you know, I'm going to blow up and make money. I want to yeah. be in the big house. I want to look good. Yeah. I want to have the good dinners. I want to be seated at the right yeah. tables. I want to yeah, be, right. yeah, you know, I want to be in the front. I want people to notice yeah. me. I want my Instagram to blow up and I want to yeah. feel important. But I would rather see, lead, and, and this is a key component in what we do. When I see a leader actually disappearing, more on the public side because he or she is driving harder on the backside or the the backside on the company side of things. And they're highlighting and pushing other people forward and highlighting them. You know, I, I have a friend of mine who, um, I, I mentioned him a lot in podcasts and a lot, it's not name dropping. It's a man that I admire. His name is Herb Sargent. Yeah. And he gets upset when people talk about Sergeant Corp and him. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want that because he yeah. has this level of humility, but also it's not false humility. Yeah. He's so passionate about every single person within his organization and want to highlight them. Yeah. them. It's just phenomenal at what he's doing for them. And, and he's really not looking to the left or the right of how people are doing it. He's just saying, how do I do it right? And he's yeah. ever researching on how to do it right. And how do I look in here yeah. and in here and see what's wrong? Yeah. So when he's focusing on his people and he's focusing how they're doing it right and wrong and being transparent, and then yeah. he focuses on himself on how he's doing things right and wrong and he's transparent and open, yeah. his company is flourishing. And and I just I appreciate the guy so much. Yeah. And, and people get too afraid, I think, to to do that for some reason. Yeah. Never never get never grow so high that you stop self evaluating mm-hmm. uh, all, all of your actions. I think we can all get to that, that point where we we're like, man, we're doing great. You know, we're, we're making some money. We're doing good. Yeah. And then you don't keep, you know, yourself in check. Um, and I think that's important. And like, like you're talking about Herb Sargent, uh, you know, it, most leaders don't want to be on the forefront of things. They don't want to be seen because they, they want their people to be seen. That's the, what matters to them. Um, and I think that's important as well. It, like you, you've told me a ton of times, like Forrest, you need to start showing yourself more. And I really, I, I hate showing myself on social media. I really yeah. do, but I know that I need to do it better. Um, but I think w- when you can focus on the other people, it's really good. But uh, I, yeah, there's, it's really hard to get that, that even ground of, do I show myself too much or do I right. focus on the people? <laughs> I don't think you need to worry about that too much because you're humble about it. You know, I really appreciate how, um, and I know I keep, uh, mentioning Aaron Witt, but I love Aaron and I love you. Yeah. And I, I want to highlight everybody in the industry that's just killing it. And Aaron is so humble and he uh, knows that he has an ego. <laughs> he does. He's very self-aware and he tries very hard to highlight other people. Yeah. yeah he and does a great job at that. He does. Yeah. He's phenomenal. I, get, I, I feel like I know his guys way, way yeah. more, uh, which is, which is awesome. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm in touch with most of his his guys more than than him. Yeah. And so how do I find you? How do I find the stuff that you're involved in? How do I watch the stuff that you're doing? Let's just say that I am a interested either in the industry and want to kind of see the highlights or what if I'm a business leader and I'm like, you know what? I want to give Eagle Eye a shot. How do I do that? Yeah, well, um, we're on all the social media platforms. So we've got Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, and 
we're also redeveloping our website. So back when I first started the company, of course, I had a lot of other, uh, I guess, tasks or different industries that I was in, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like real estate and all sorts of different stuff. All of that's gone away now. And so Mm -hmm. I haven't touched my website since then. Um, So now, now we're redoing it and we should have it done by like middle of this month, which will be really nice. And and so that that's skyhigheagleeye.com is the the web address for that. Um, But yeah, I mean, either that or just, you know, I've got uh, all the social media platforms and if you just message me, I'll, I'll send you personal contact information. I'm is that under always open to talk to anybody. What's it What's under? That? You're like, if I was to hit you up on LinkedIn, is it under Eagle Eye or? Either one would be fine. So Eagle Eye Productions or Forrest Dorman. Um, cool. Yeah. And of course, my my company should be under my my name. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, on either of those. I, I love it when people just like reach out and just want to talk construction. Like that's just fun to me. So yeah, me too. No matter what it is. I, I don't mind if somebody just reaches out and says, hey, let's just talk construction. Yeah. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about that's coming across with LinkedIn. I, yeah. I love the platform of LinkedIn so much. I, I get a little upset when someone puts the dolphin video up. You know, if you're not a, a, a marine biologist, I I like your dolphin or your your monkey on your niece, you know, <laughs> type of, you know, whatever. The, the nieces hold a monkey and there's a picture of your niece. I just don't see how that computes. But if you're there to do business and you're there to talk about business, man, I love engaging and talking with other people. Yeah. And I don't care where they're from. So your your reach doesn't limit the United States either. No, does it? You no I've, I've talked to, yeah, I've talked to plenty of companies uh, like worldwide as far as like um, some, some out in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, Singapore, uh, United Kingdom, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, some Asian countries as well, but of course, since COVID had hit, it's kind of shut all that down. So yeah. I had plans to go overseas this year, um, and it's it's shut it down. So. Yeah, I had yeah. several speaking engagements this year, and, and uh, several in Canada that I was so looking forward to, and uh, yeah. all across this country, that all got shut down. And I and I yeah. and, and I hope that changes. But if it doesn't change anytime soon, we've got to adapt and continue to move yeah. forward. And um, Forrest, thank you so much for doing us the honor of coming on today. I really you. appreciate you. I hope we do this again, especially as you develop new things. Yeah. I'd love to be a sounding platform for you if you need it. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. Michael. I really appreciate it. And keep on doing all the awesome work you're doing. Love Thanks, it. brother. All right, everybody, thank you again for tuning in to Bowman Legacies. Guys, again, we are brought to you by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue-collar people, one CEO at a time. And we're also brought to you by author Grizz Waller, who is writing Western sci-fi books that will toss you on your ear. Those are my words, not his. His is toss you on something else. I won't be so colorful, but I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. And if you like this, please share this. And if you're looking for a place to um, just enhance your culture and highlight your culture, reach out to Forrest Dorman at Eagle Eye Productions. Thanks again, guys.